At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I am Matt Straub, pinch hitting once again for DJ Short. I'm here with Drew Silva. Drew, it seems we have a lot of injuries to discuss here. Yeah, by the way, is this your like third podcast this week? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, yes. Because you did one MLB one, one NBA one, and then you're doing this one. Yes, that is correct. And I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I guess that to, is a lot. Yeah. I'll try to carry this episode for us, but uh, I don't know. I feel like if I say that, people might just turn it off right now. <laughs> but yeah, lots, lots of injuries to run through uh, in this first week coming out of the All-Star break. Um, a lot of trade rumors flying around, too. Uh, the July 31st trade deadline is less than two weeks away now as we record here on Thursday evening. Uh, but we can save most of that that trade rumor talk for next week. I'll, I'll just I'll run through these in order of fantasy significance if that's cool with you do it let's do it yeah starting at the top with royals shortstop adelberto mondesi he suffered a subluxation of his left shoulder on tuesday night against the white Sox while trying to make a play on a ball in foul territory Um, a subluxation is essentially a partial dislocation Um, he's on the 10-day injured list We we don't have a timetable yet for this injury how long it will take to recover from shoulders are, are complicated. I feel like I say that every week, um, but we, we don't know if there's ligament damage or, or if this is just the shoulder popped out of place and he just had to put it back in. I don't know. Mondesi was two for three with a stolen base and two runs scored before leaving Tuesday's game. Uh, he leads all major leaguers in stolen bases with 31. So been very valuable uh, from a fantasy standpoint. The, the power hasn't been there, um, but I think most people knew he wasn't going to keep up the home run pace that he established last year. That was, he had 14 homers in 75 games to finish out the 2018 season. He's at seven home runs through 82 games this season, but with stolen bases down across the board in general around major league baseball, he still has a ton of value and and he does help in other categories too. Unlike some speed only options. Uh, I think we'll get a clearer picture on, on the recovery timetable for Mondesi's injury by early next week. Um, Nicky Lopez will pl- probably play a lot of shortstop for the Royals. Uh, Humberto Ortega was called up. Not really super fantasy relevant guys. Lopez is a decent young player, but uh, I don't know. If you're a Mondesi owner, you're probably looking elsewhere uh, for help to fill in that gap. And then uh, White Sox outfielder Eloy Jimenez suffered a right ulnar contusion in, in his right elbow 
on, on Tuesday night against the Royals. So the same game that Mondesi got hurt, a, a costly night all around in fantasy leagues. Jimenez was placed on the, the 10-day injured list Wednesday. He's back in Chicago undergoing tests to de- determine the full extent of the injury, whether there's any sort of ligament damage, hopefully not. Um, there's supposed to be a reevaluation and an update on his status on Monday, so we'll we'll be waiting for that. Keep it locked on the Roto World news page. Maybe we hear something this weekend. Um, Jimenez made the opening day roster in Chicago after signing that six-year, $43 million extension in March, which negated any service time concerns. Um, that vaulted him into the top 200, or the top 100, I, sh- I should say, in most drafts. He was a disappointment out of the gate uh, and then suffered a high right ankle sprain in late April, which cost him about four weeks. But since early June, um, he had put up a 969 OPS with 11 home runs and 25 RBIs in 29 games um, at, at age 22. So an unfortunate timing there. He was really finding his groove at the plate. Um, this means more playing time in, in Chicago for Ryan Cordell and, and John Jay. Not much fantasy appeal with with either of those guys. I'm sure White Sox fans are clamoring for Luis Robert uh, to get the call from the minors, and we'd love it in fantasy too, but I I would guess he's going to be more of a 2020 guy. Yeah, just brutal timing for Jimenez, by the way. Like you said, he was kind of on the way to salvaging this frustrating season in a big way, and now he's hit another roadblock. But yeah, as for Robert, like – I don't know, man. I, I get the service time thing. At some point, though, it feels like he's just he's begging to knock down the door. His first 25 at-bats at AAA, he's hitting 440 uh, between three minor league levels this year. With most of his work at AA, he's at 356 average with a 1.053 OPS, 23 doubles, 7 triples, 19 homers, 62 RBIs, and 32 steals in 81 games. And that is just a pretty ridiculous half season. It's brutal that we apparently have to wait. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, I think he's going to be more of a 2020 guy. It, it wouldn't be crazy that, to see him up this year, uh, but the White Sox, you know, they're playing for the future. They're not playing for 2019, so they might as well leave him down there. They'll probably leave him down there for most of April next year, too, which will be really frustrating. Um, I was on a local <laughs> sports radio show here in St. Louis on, on Wednesday, and Robert was a big topic because the Cardinals finished second and the bidding for him back in the spring of 2017. He was essentially a free agent out of Cuba um, back in 2017, 19 years old at the time with no real restrictions on what kind of money he could pull in as long as the team that signed him was willing to pay the penalty for going over their international spending limit, um, which is what the White Sox did, $26 million signing bonus, then another $26 million in penalties for going over that spending limit. So that was a big commitment for a guy who was, you know, unproven outside of Cuba and some other leagues. Uh, but, you know, the White Sox are happy about it now, and Cardinals fans might be looking back at that as a serious missed opportunity for a long time. Sounds like there's still some bitterness there locally in St. Louis. There's a lot of bitterness right now. Um, <laughs> it's just it's the fourth straight year where they've, they're kind of in contention, but they're like in, in that middle ground of where uh, should they sell, should they buy. And, you know, in retrospect, they should have been selling all of these past three years and they would probably have a better roster right now. But, you know, they've been competitive for going on 20 years straight now. So, you know, a lot of other fan bases would trade places with that. Yeah. Now Um, they have another significant injury, by the way. Yeah. So Matt Carpenter was placed on the injured list this week after fouling a ball off his right foot on Monday night. Um, X-rays came back negative. It's not a serious injury, just a contusion. 
Um, and it was apparently Carpenter's idea to go on the IL and spend some time playing in minor league rehab games to try to find some sort of offensive groove. He got a contract extension uh, this spring. I'll call it a, an unnecessary contract extension um, because he did have that $18.5 million option for next year, and they they just went ahead and guaranteed that and then tacked on another $18.5 million for 2021, uh, which, I don't know, it just – They've made a lot of weird moves, a lot of regretful moves in the last few years. Um, but yeah, Carpenter, you know, has been a big letdown this year, batting 215 with a 693 OPS, 10 home runs, 29 RBIs in 81 games. He had a career high 897 OPS with 36 homers, 81 RBIs, and 111 runs scored last year. I guess there's still hope of a second half surge from him. Some rest and some time in the minors against lesser competition might might do him a lot of good. Yeah, he hit, by the way, didn't he hit like last year? He just he destroyed it in the second half after June 1st. I think he hit 29 out of his homers. So yeah, he was he was one of the best players in baseball from about mid-May until about late August. Um, there was talk of him being in the MVP conversation. Of course, Christian Yelich ran away with that down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, he was he was a huge fantasy value last year. Very undervalued because he could play. A lot of different positions. I think he was probably overvalued in drafts this year coming off um, a 36 homer season, but um, just re- really disappointed for the Cardinals and, and for people who, who who spent a high draft pick on him. Do you have any hope that he can come back and kind of find his swing while he's playing rehab and maybe go on a tear for a couple months? Yeah, I mean, he's very proven, definitely from the on-base percentage uh, perspective too. The OBP is just way down this year. He's really looked lost. I think maybe the back injury more than even this new foot injury has kind of become a lingering thing for him, which again is why I'm just kind of, it boggles my mind why the Cardinals committed that $18.5 million to him when they could have just made the decision after the winter. They like to reward guys. They're very loyal to people who've been around for a while. And maybe that's to a fault, honestly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. uh, Back to more injuries. Uh, Jay Bruce was placed on the injured list by the Phillies on Wednesday after suffering a right oblique strain on a swing and miss Tuesday night against the Dodgers. Uh, Bruce has been a pretty great value in fantasy this year. Average draft position on Yahoo was 373, so really off the board um, in any kind of standard league. And he's put up an 825 OPS with 24 home runs and 57 RBIs in 80 games between Seattle and Philadelphia. Um, These oblique strains are usually three to four week things, sometimes longer than that. So Bruce will be out for the remainder of July and will probably miss the first half of August, um, at least, maybe longer. Nick Williams was called up in a corresponding roster move when Bruce landed on the IL on Wednesday. And I think Williams deserves some attention in deeper leagues. He's struggled in three different stints at the MLB level this year, but the playing time has been spotty. And now he should be locked into more starts while Bruce is away. He's a former top 100 prospect. Uh, was batting 345 with a 1032 OPS this year at the AAA level. Good power, a little bit of speed. Um, the Phillies have talked about wanting to give Adam Hazley more starts, and Hazley hit a home run in that game on Thursday afternoon against the Dodgers, but they can play both Hazley and Williams if they want to, uh, with Scott Kingery playing more third base and second base and some shortstop, moving back more into that super utility role. So, yeah, I, I like Williams. I think the playing time will be there kind of a ready-made replacement for Bruce owners and, and people in deeper leagues looking for an outfielder who, who has a bit of power and some speed. And then Byron Buxton 
can't stop injuring himself. He face-planted while making a diving catch on Saturday, was placed on the seven-day concussion IL on Tuesday with lingering concussion symptoms. Um, He could be activated as early as Sunday. That's when he's eligible uh, because the move was made retroactive to last Sunday, but you just never really know with brain injuries. Buxton has been solid this year in fantasy, not great. Uh, but nine home runs, 13 stolen bases in 75 games, a good amount of runs scored in RBIs in that highly productive Twins offense. Um, he's been an even better real-life player than in fantasy, thanks to his excellent defense in center field. 2.3 wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. Uh, was trending toward a four-win season, maybe even a five-win season with, with a big second half. Uh, so hopefully for the Twins and fantasy owners, he's not out too long. Max Kepler has shifted over to center field for the Twins. He's having a really good year. Um, And then they got Eddie Rosario back in left field. He missed three weeks with an ankle injury, was activated this week. Um, And super utility man Marwin Gonzalez is playing a lot of right field. Uh, He's been on a a nice streak at the plate, too. And then a couple more injury-related items to touch on, and then we'll get into some more interesting stuff. Um, (laughs) Rockies top infield prospect Brendan Rodgers underwent surgery on Tuesday to repair a torn labrum in his right shoulder. Uh, he'll risk, miss the remainder of, of this season and is probably going to be questionable for the start of 2020. Um, it's a pretty big-time procedure. It usually comes with setbacks. Uh, we'll see. He's a young guy. Um, Rogers really struggled in his first taste of the majors this year, a 522 OPS and 81 plate appearances, zero home runs, zero stolen bases. But the minor league numbers are awesome, uh, good power and speed. He was a consensus top 25 prospect coming into the year. Uh, actually, MLB.com ranked him as their number 10 overall prospect. Uh, so there should be a, a bright future ahead for him. He's 22 years old, could maybe take over as the Rockies' everyday second baseman at some point in 2020. Speaking of major shoulder injuries, Pirates outfielder Gregory Polanco was pulled off his minor league rehab assignment this week after experiencing renewed discomfort in his surgically repaired left shoulder while playing in a game at AAA Indianapolis over the weekend. Um, He underwent that shoulder surgery back in September 2018, so um, it's pretty concerning that he's still being bothered by discomfort here in you know mid-July to late July of 2019. Um, he's appeared in only 42 games this year for the Pirates. I think it's fair to wonder uh, whether he's going to make it back before the end of the regular season. To me, he's just droppable in mixed leagues, uh, free up that injured list spot because there are a lot of guys on the injured list. Um, the Pirates have fallen out of contention somewhat. Nobody in the National League outside of the Marlins is really out of contention mathematically. Um, but I guess I would guess that Pittsburgh is going to play this one cautiously and think more about 2020 uh, than what he can do down the stretch this year. Yeah, that's a bummer because he was a guy who certainly had some intrigue this season coming off a year where he hit 23 homers with 81 RBIs and 12 steals and just 461 at-bats. I was, I was intrigued to see what he can do, but that does not sound promising at all. When he's healthy, he's uh, he's a really good player, but it, yeah. it's been a struggle for him lately. Also in the NL Central, Drew, Keston Hira, as you may have heard, is on a pretty serious tear right now. Uh, since his recall, he kind of got sent down for silly reasons. You know, they were giving Travis Shaw another look, and that didn't work out. But since Hira's recall, he's hitting 367 with four homers, 10 RBIs, and four steals. Overall in the majors this year, he's hitting 323 with nine homers, 19 RBIs and five steals. And between the majors and minors this season, he has 28 homers and 12 stolen bases. I mean, to me, this is a guy who obviously profiled as a very good hitter, but both of those numbers are at least a little bit shocking, the homers and steals. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think he's a really, really good player. He passes the eye test, you know, can go the other way with power, has the speed. I, I think he's kind of a work in progress on defense, and, mm-hmm. and that was the excuse that the Brewers made when they sent him back down uh, to give Travis Shaw another look. But, man, he can really, really hit. And, you know, Colin Miller Park home, right. very power-friendly environment. I think he's going to be a fantasy stud for a long time. And last time I checked, he was available in – over 80% of ESPN leagues. Um, it's and a lot Yahoo, less. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the Yahoo number? Yahoo number as of a couple of days ago was like in the mid forties. Um, yeah. And it's probably gone up a little bit because he continues to hit. He continues to string together multi-hit games. <laughs> I, I would just imagine that that's leagues where people stop paying attention, you know, which, which does happen in fantasy baseball. It's a grind. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Hira jumped into the cleanup spot in the Brewers lineup on Wednesday, went, went two for four with two doubles. So we could see a lot more of that, him in a prominent lineup spot. There was some concern that maybe he would be stuck down hitting sixth or seventh, but the Brewers believe in him now, um, yeah. you know, now that he's come back and really proved it. And people on Twitter hate when I do these 162-game extrapolations with young players who don't have much of a, a sample size, <laughs> and I get it. You know, they're silly, but um, Hero right now would be on pace for 44 home runs and 25 stolen bases in 162 games based on the production that he's provided in 33 major league games. Um, yeah. So all, yeah, also 93 RBIs and 88 runs scored, which is even more silly to try to extrapolate, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know the yeah. ball's jumping. It's impressive to watch. He's not a big guy and uh, he, he generates some power. He generates some bat speed. It's fun to watch. Yeah. He's going to be really, really good. Um, the Rangers sent Willie Calhoun back to AAA Nashville this week. It was the corresponding move for Hunter Pence's activation off the injured list. Calhoun expressed surprise and frustration at the move. Um, and I think he had a right to complain. He has an 802 OPS in 26 games this year. But a lot of that production came in the first week after his initial call-up in mid-May. Uh, he then missed a chunk of time in June with a left quad strain. And was batting 154 with a 426 OPS over his last 41 plate appearances. Uh, only one home run in that span. Um, so I, I kind of get it here for the Rangers. They're kind of like lighting a fire under some of their young players, which I'll talk more about in a moment. Um, the day <laughs> after Calhoun's demotion came word from Jeff Wilson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram that the Rangers have also considered sending down Nomar Mazzara um, and Ronald Guzman, their first baseman, who has also struggled. Mazzara has done fine overall if you just you know look at the baseball card stats. 12 home runs, 51 RBIs, and 86 total games this season. Uh, but he was batting just 151 with a 443 OPS over his last 60 plate appearances um, as of Thursday evening. Um, and I, I think the Rangers have just grown frustrated here that he hasn't reached the hype you know, four years into his major league career. They called him up at age 20. He's now 24, and he's become like a perennial mid-700 OPS guy, which is very far from what the Rangers thought he would be. I mean, it was fine that he did that as a rookie, but I think he should be a better player by now. There was a time that the Rangers looked like they'd be a legit contender um, this year for one of the AL wildcard spots, and they made a little bit of noise like creeping up towards the Astros at the top of the American League West at one point, but they've fallen back to earth, which isn't a huge surprise, and you know, now they're probably going to be the active seller at the trade deadline that everybody thought they would be coming into the season. Uh, Mike Miner seems certain to be dealt. Um, they might also want to capitalize on Lance Lynn's big bounce back year. 
Um, they do have him under contract through 2021, but I, I don't know if they're, they're going to expect him to repeat what he's been doing so far in 2019. I think they still believe in Mazzara. I, I don't think they're going to trade him. It would be kind of a, a sell low proposition, but he just needs to be better moving forward. It's crazy. Mazzara has actually been extremely consistent, just not very good. He's hit uh, 20 home runs exactly each of his first three years in the league. An OPS, like you said, in like the 740, 750 range every year. He's hitting 258 exactly for the second year in a row. So, uh, yeah, fast, mildly fascinating consistency. I mean, there. yeah, every year I, I write the AL West blurbs for our, our draft guide and every year i'm like okay this this is the year that mazara finally takes that step because i don't know you look at the numbers and you look at the age and you're like all right this is this arrow is going to be going up right right but it's kind of just going straight <laughs> all right keeping it in the al west for a moment let's talk about ramon loriano for a second and i do want to give a shout out to mr paternity leave himself dj short because i remember an episode of this podcast at the very beginning of the season when you two were talking about some of your favorite late round guys, some of your favorite guys to take in drafts. And I, I remember DJ mentioned Ramon Laureano as a guy he's kind of getting right at the end of drafts. And lately that looks really good. Overall in the season, Laureano's hitting 274 with 19 home runs, 12 steals, 60 runs, and 52 RBIs. And since June 1st, he has hit 297 with 13 homers, 34 RBIs, and eight steals. Just phenomenal numbers across the board there. I mean, he's legitimately Drew, making a push for like something like a 30-20 season. Do you think that this is like, does this uh, strike you as something he could potentially keep up or any concerns about that? Yeah, I mean, what you referenced with DJ, it was our last episode uh, before the season began. Um, and we each picked out a player being drafted outside the top 200 that right. we think would finish the year as a top 100 player. And he went with Loriano. So if the listeners just ignored my pick of Tyler White, this podcast, <laughs> did you right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that many people believed in the offensive production he put up last year. What what got the most attention with him were like the high, highlight real plays on defense, catches and throws in center field. And actually this year he's proven to be not that great of a defender. I mean, he's like fine, a little bit above average, but it's yeah, it's the power and speed that has really come to the forefront. He stole 43 bases in the minors one season, so he could probably even run more than he has. I'm still a young guy and the 20 plus homer power that's that's been the real surprise. I mean, he never really showed that kind of pop in the minors and you know, he started the year hitting 8th in the A's lineup which was expected um and then moved into 7th around the beginning of June and and now he's getting looks at 5th. I think he hit 5th for them on Wednesday. So, yeah, he's been a huge value in fantasy drafts and you know, he had a lot of, you know, name appeal. Uh, because of the defensive plays. And I, I, it's, you know, sometimes those guys that have that appeal that are just more of household names get drafted higher, but he kind of slipped through the cracks and, you know, credit to everyone that got a share of him. I think you're being too hard on yourself about Tyler White. I mean, the guy's a dual threat on the mound in the batter's box. <laughs> you know, I mean, three and a third innings. Okay, never mind. But, but, uh, <laughs> <good times. laughs> I think he hit a homer this week. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll check uh, a few bullpen updates here to to wrap up the show. Again, we're gonna we're gonna dig into a bunch of trade rumors next week. I, I just I didn't want to just like read off trade rumors uh, for this <laughs> podcast because you can just read our player news page or our daily doses to find those. So Dodgers closer Kenley Jansen suffered a bruised right ankle on Tuesday night in Philadelphia uh, when he got struck by a comebacker against the first batter he faced in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Dodgers were up two runs at the time. 
Um, he chased down that ball that hit him, turned it into an out, but it was the only out he would record uh, in that inning. Stayed in the game and allowed the next four batters to reach. Bryce Harper ultimately hit a walk-off two-run double to center field. Uh, Jansen acknowledged after the game that he shouldn't have stayed in because he couldn't drive off his right leg, and you could really see it. But um, you know, manager Dave Roberts was kind of frustrated that Jansen waited until after the game to reveal that. Um, but Jansen's ERA jumped from 3.05 to 3.72 after the blown save, gave up three earned runs in that outing. He also had an ERA in the threes last year, albeit it was 3.01. But, you know, in general, I, I think we talked about this um, in our positional preview podcast, me and DJ coming into the year. Like, you know, he's probably not the pitcher that he was, but you can't really complain about being a Jansen owner. He's the unquestioned closer on the best team in baseball. Uh, the strikeout to walk ratio is still elite. It's 51 to eight in 38 innings. Um, and then with, with this ankle issue, he was apparently available out of the Dodgers bullpen on Thursday afternoon against the Phillies. Uh, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be a concern. Um, I think, you know, he's just, he's not the high one ERA, low two ERA guy anymore, uh, but he's going to get you a ton of saves and a ton of strikeouts and, and help your whip. And I think that's just what he is now. Meanwhile, Nathan Ivaldi is very close to a return. Uh, he struck out three of the four hitters he faced in a rehab appearance at AAA on Thursday, I think that was. Anyways. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Thursday morning, actually. I think they, they moved up the game uh, yeah. at Pawtucket because it was supposed to rain all day on, on the East Coast. Okay, that's what was throwing me off. But uh, yeah, in, in his 21 innings this year, he has a 6.00 ERA and 1.52 whip. He's potentially set to return as the Red Sox closer, though. Uh, Drew, he has exactly zero big league saves. Is it fair to be a little skeptical here, or do you think uh, Ivaldi can kind of step right in and handle that role? Well, I, mean, I think the Red Sox think it'll be easier on his arm, and he's had a lot of elbow problems. He's had a lot of different injuries throughout his career. Um, and I think it's smart. I mean, he definitely has the velocity to succeed as a late-inning guy. He was awesome in the bullpen and as a starter last year down the stretch for the Red Sox into sure. the postseason, and they won the World Series. Um, I'm not quite sure this is what they envisioned for him when they gave him four years, $68 million. <laughs> right. um, but it's kind of, you know, the nature of, of what he's become. He's just, he's not durable enough to be a 200 inning guy. They probably should have known that. I think most of the league knew that. Um, and the Red Sox are kind of desperate. I mean, Ryan Brazier was optioned to the minors this week. He's still their leader in saves, I believe. Uh, was sharing that role with Matt Barnes. And, you know, Barnes has an incredible strikeout rate this year, but he's still walking a ton of batters. Um, I think the Red Sox will add a reliever and, and maybe even a couple relievers uh, before July 31st, the deadline. So we'll see if Eovaldi really does hold down that closer job. But on the off chance that he does, I mean, he should be stashed in, in every relevant mixed fantasy league and AL fantasy league right now. Yeah, last I checked, I think he was rostered in 60-something percent of Yahoo leagues, but it's worth taking a look just to see if your league is one where he kind of slipped through the cracks and is still sitting out there. Uh, Drew, anything to add before we get out of here, man? I think I'm done. Okay, we made it through this thing. We made it through. Yeah. DJ will be back with you next week, Drew. I will, that will be the Friday episode, as always. I will be back with the Tuesday episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Matt Straub. He is at Drew Silve. And please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Don't forget to rate and review the show as well. That is it for us, Drew. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Yep. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. 
We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.